ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम माय बाउ टू द लॉर्ड वसुदेवा हेलो फ्रेंड्स गॉड ब्लेस यू आई लाइक टू कंटिन्यू रीडिंग फ्रॉम द फर्स्ट चैप्टर of the Bhagavad Gita, stanza 38 and 39, stanzas I should have said. Even if they see Arjuna is being brought between the two armies and he suddenly sees that all these people are a part of his own family, and how can he, how can he kill his own family? His grandfathers and sons and all these people, and he says, even if they, blinded by greed for possession, see nothing wrong in killing us, their own relatives, and betraying their own friends. Ought not we, who know right from wrong, see the evil involved in annihilating a whole dynasty? Ought not we, for our part, to avoid this great crime? With the disintegration of a family, its ancient traditions are lost. When such a great disaster occurs, the whole family is deprived of any purposeful direction and cannot but succumb to sin. There's a very important footnote here, and I want to read it because it's in the book that uh, uh, we've put out on, on the Bhagavad Gita, this first stanza, first chapter. Worldly people develop both in themselves and with their families a particular set of standards, behaviors, and beliefs which assist them in any confrontations that occur between them and other sets of values. Those personal standards give them a certain coherence in their own convictions, which stand them in good stead whenever they are challenged by others who hold different values, enabling them to put on a fine act of simply being themselves. The devotee's fear is that if these carefully developed standards become lost as the soul merges in God, no guideline will, con- will remain to him on which to continue guiding his life. And so you see that this, this worry that Arjuna is expressing to Krishna, it's obviously not Arjuna's worry, he's long beyond that, but he's expressing it on the path, behalf of us who are seekers of the truth. And we have these qualities that we think if we lose our, uh, the things that we've grown up to believe in, I lose my thought that I belong to a particular family and we have particular duties and responsibilities in society. And uh, I have a duty to my work and my co-workers and all that. Um, all of these definitions, are self-definitions are false. But... We've got to learn how to overcome them and to realize that the truth of the song of Swami Shankara, no birth, no death, no caste have I. Father, mother have I none. I am he. I am he. Blissful spirit, I am he. It's very difficult to overcome the delusion that you belong to a family and that it's, it's mores or your mores. I have a brother who wrote a book which won't be published. I don't think it's more personal. 
but he speaks about the disappointment that I never even asked my father for his permission to go and become a disciple of Yogananda. Well, I know very well what my father would have said. He would have said, you're mad. I, I think everybody has to reach the point where sooner or later he was willing to, dif to disappoint his own mother and father, his own family. It's not easy, and blessed are those who don't have to do it, but that willingness must be there. You must be willing to give up everything. I remember this one, he was a young black boy who came to Mount Washington to become a disciple, and uh, Yogananda told him to mix more with me because he, he, that good company would help him, but then his mother wanted him home, and he wasn't 18 yet, so he had to go home. But once he turned 18, he came back, and his mother gave her blessings for him to live there. And Yogananda said to him, it's good that you have her permission, but without it would have been good too. With it is still better, but sooner or later you will have to disappoint everyone who tries to take you away from that one goal in life. And so this is the dilemma that Arjuna is facing right now. And he's talking sort of longingly, but what about if my family disintegrates? He's really talking about the family of his own consciousness. If my family of qualities and so on, if I'm no longer an artist, if I'm no longer a, a clever businessman, if I'm no longer able to get up and sing before a crowd, if I'm no longer able to um, charm people with my humorous anecdotes and all the things that people think of themselves as being, if I have this, if I got nothing, am I completely lost? And Krishna later on answers that question. But right now we're still on Arjuna's uh, great dilemma. And it's the dilemma that everybody has to go through sooner or later. Arjuna says, oh, Krishna, with the loss of religion, that is to say the individual and family traditions, the women of the family become corrupt. The devotee's feeling quality, that is to say, may lose its coherence and descend to a chaos and of confusion. From there, intermixture of the, of the varnas, the castes, cannot but be the outcome. And again, there are a couple of footnotes here that are worth reading. In society, too, generally speaking, the emphasis for any upliftment of consciousness depends greatly on the women and on feminine influence. Any society that refuses women proper respect is self-condemned to become or to remain backward and degraded. And I think that's a very important point to keep in mind. The tendency in the past has been, because it's all been physical, we've lived in a very material age. We've come out of that age into an age of energy now, and I can go into that one at length sometime, but not now. And, uh, but we've come out of that, and in that time of uh, physicality, men were predominant. The, only the priests, only men can be priests in the church, only men can be popes and cardinals. And in society, it's usually men who are elected. And in fact, men's energy is more outward and women's is more inward. And even their sex organs indicate that. So men's tendency is to want to go out and do things, and women's tendency is more to keep the home uh, well and so on. But you can't force people into those categories. And those who depend too much on going outward and accomplishing big things, those who in that thought despise women 
are despising one half of themselves, because really we are both male and female. There is no difference between the sexes. We're all one. You're a man in this life and a woman in your next life, maybe. And all of these different incarnations are helping us to reach that point where we become completely balanced. You find that in that balance, you're no more man than woman because you have feeling qualities and you have reasoning qualities. Both are necessary, but I would say that either one without the other is uh, like a lame man or a man with only one leg. If you reason but don't feel, you can't ever reach the truth. It's like putting jigsaws together. You never read, you never, it could be two different jigsaws and you're trying to put all of them into one. It doesn't work. And the heart quality, if you don't have the intuition, if you don't have that calm intuition that comes with the heart quality, then you can get all emotional and explode and get angry and all those things that women tend to do more easily than men often. And uh, women complain about men beating them up and I think that's a disgraceful thing to do. But there's another aspect to it, as my guru said, a woman with a six inch tongue can kill a man six feet tall. So women get even in their way too. You can't really push one ahead of the other. But in society where they are equally balanced, in our Ananda communities, we have as many women in charge of things as men. It just, there's no difference between the two qualitatively. So when Arjuna is saying, when the women are debased, every, all society loses. There's a deep truth in this. We'll come back to it shortly. Next time, God bless you.